Today, I talk with Aaron Beagle, a photographer, videographer, and Dutch podcasting host based out of the Netherlands, who is known for his beautiful urban and landscape photos. Please welcome Aaron to the show. Thank you so much. That is uh, quite the introduction. Sure. You are a very interesting person. So, um, <laughs> wow. Super happy to have you on. I'm, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I know you, you speak Dutch. You do this podcast with, I think, your brother. If Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, you do a podcast with your brother. Uh, where did you grow up? Uh, so, I grew up in a small town uh, called Maasland, which I'm assuming no one has ever heard of. I, I wouldn't expect you to. Uh, it's just a tiny town uh, in the Netherlands. I live about half an hour away from the uh, big city, which is Rotterdam, which isn't all that big if you're used to American cities. Um, but that's where I grew up. I still live there for the moment. And uh, I mean, well, with all the things going on right now, I'm not sure when I <laughs> want to move out at all, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that's where I'm uh, based out of at this point in time. Cool. So how did you begin shooting photos? Um I I know with the other guests I've had that are from far around the world, they usually have smaller towns um, and they might have someone in that town that teaches them. Like, how did you begin with that? Yeah, so with me, it all started when I was around like 12 years old. Uh, I was heavy into Legos at the time and I was part of this online community on Flickr, uh, the photo website where people would share photos of whatever they had built. Um, So that's kind of how I got started with taking photos. At that time, uh, it was just taking photos of whatever I'd built with those Legos. Um, but my dad at one point remarked that I was already taking better photos than he was, even though he had the whole DSLR setup and I was using this tiny little digital camera. So I guess that's where like it started. But I didn't really get into photography until, I'd say, 2016. Um, I, at one point, uh, there was this beautiful sunset going on right outside my house, and I just wanted to take a photo of that. So I ran outside, climbed into some pole here, uh, but next to this football field, climbed to the top, took a photo with my phone, came back down. And then when I did, I realized that I had just taken a better photo with my phone than I could take with the camera I had at the time. And that kind of started this, this, uh, this, yeah, circle of thoughts where I just figured out like, I might as well just get a new camera. So that's what I did. I bought a Sony a6000 and I had that for a good little bit. And then it wasn't really until 2017 where I really started going out and shooting more. Um, And that's in no small part due to uh, Peter McKinnon, who I'm sure most people know. Uh, I stumbled upon uh, a video of his where he was explaining how you could take better photos with your iPhone. Uh, And that just kickstarted me into thinking like, oh, okay, this photography thing is actually really cool. Uh, And that's kind of how I got motivated to start going out and uh, I shot photos of friends more and more often, and now it's uh, what I do for a living. Awesome. 
So the the colors in your photos are actually really beautiful. Uh, what would you say is your inspiration for those colors? Oh, that's a good one. I'd say. Okay, so I, <laughs> back in 2018, I actually made a video about finding your style. Uh, back then, I would say my style was a little bit different. But I think the points I made in that video still hold true. And that is that I believe that your personal style is a culmination of all the things that you create and the things that you consume. So whatever you enjoy uh, watching, the photos that you enjoy seeing on Instagram or whatever, uh, combined with whatever you're creating up until that point, that kind of culminates into... I think what is or what can be defined as someone's style and for me i've always been a big fan of uh all these things related to the city anything urban uh, i'm probably into it and i guess i kind of started because i uh, well i still practice it but i used to be pretty heavy into parkour and free running and within that subculture uh there's a very distinct aesthetic where people really like the grittiness uh i mean we're all jumping on concrete so the gray textures and tones from that uh, kind of spill over into whatever we make. Uh, so I guess it kind of stems in, well, for a large part, it stems from that uh, subculture that uh, I'm a part of, and then combine, combine that with uh, maybe my appreciation for the color blue, uh, not liking the color yellow all that much, and then you get whatever uh, it is that I'm making. I, I actually watched one of your videos the other day, and I saw how you were saying how you don't like yellow, and I felt kind of offended because that's my favorite color. But <laughs> I'm sorry. Honestly, I can I completely understand because the photos that I shoot myself, I don't introduce a lot of yellow into them either. I feel like it makes them look um, less clear. Yeah. I feel like it makes them look blurrier for some weird reason. But no, I get a that. warmer photo. I get that. In my opinion, or the, the thing that does it for me is that yellow is like a spillover color. Like it gets into the greens, it gets into the oranges. It's it basically gets everywhere, um, and it can leave this color cast that I just don't enjoy seeing. Uh, for example, I was just talking about like concrete, and that can get a really gnarly looking uh, color cast on it if you don't pull out the yellows. So what I do right. is I tend to get rid of that. So instead of it looking all green yellowish, uh, the concrete looks gray, as in my opinion, it should be looking. So I guess it kind of stems from that mostly because I, I've done product photography for a client of mine and their accent color is yellow. And I think that looks fine because it's bright, it's vibrant, it's energetic. That's great. But if it just leaves a nasty cast and whatever, uh, yeah, that, I'm not about that. So if I scroll through your feed, actually, I can see, like, you've changed your style a lot um, over the last year. Your style has transitioned more into this grayer style. Um, sure. And you had a lot more vibrant tones before. Uh, was there, did you, like, switch anything or what was your thinking behind that? You know what? I'm actually going to pull up my own feed so I can kind of pinpoint where that start it um what i do remember is that back in uh 2018 december of that year yeah i was coming back from my stay in canada and i spent another week in toronto and there was this one photo i i took there and when i started editing and, and playing around with colors uh i just kind of fell in love with that photo and i loved that photo's look so much that i just figured i want every photo i take to have that sim that same vibe uh, it's if you're I don't know if you're looking at it right now, but it's a photo where I'm wearing a blue 
blue winter puffy jacket and I'm looking out over Toronto. There's a CN Tower in the distance. Um, and the co- oh, I see that co- like that photo just did it for me. Like that, I just knew like that's what I love seeing. So I guess from that point onward, it just kind of became a conscious thing that I was looking to achieve. Like I wanted my images to look like that one. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's actually, I see you. You like pulled more blues into it, but still kept them desaturated, not too overly vibrant yeah interesting uh, so how would you say you come up with your idea for the photos because a lot of your photos are urban um and a lot of urban photographers will just go out and start shooting do you plan them what's your strategy for that um i'm not sure i have that much of a strategy per se uh sometimes i'll just get an idea like whenever maybe like when i'm taking the shower or when i'm driving around town or whatever uh, and these thoughts pop into my head and i'll be like that's a photo i would like to see and i'm gonna see if i can actually make it but i'd say nine out of ten times it's just looking around and just being present in the moment and looking for interesting things Uh, i feel like my shooting style in a way is very uh it, like I don't take that many photos on a night out whenever I'm shooting. Uh, if it doesn't interest me, I'll I probably won't take a photo of it. Like I need to basically see the entire picture. Uh, I don't just spray and pray if that makes sense. So I guess that's my process mostly. I, I just look around for interesting things and then I'll I'll see if that kind of kickstarts my brain into coming up with an image, and then it's just a matter of basically trying to replicate whatever I have in my brain uh, as accurately as possible in real life, which can be a challenge to be sure. Hmm. Interesting. So with every person on the show, we do a 60 second rapid fire questionnaire. These are like questions that are quick and like this or that. So they like are supposed to lead to a more accurate answer, you know? Mm -hmm. So whenever you're ready, we can get started. Yeah. Hit me. Photoshop or Lightroom? Lightroom for sure. Canon or Sony? Definitely Sony. Nature or urban? Ooh, I'm going to go with nature. Curveball. <laughs> Tungsten or LED? Uh, LED for sure. Morning or evening? Morning. Chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla. Okay, you made it in just like you made it in like thirty seconds. So cutting it, you did pretty good. All right, all right. See, that's uh, my trademark. I like cutting it close to the edge. (laughs) So, tell me about your relationships with other photographers in Canada and in the Netherlands. Like, what is your um, relationship with other photographers? Honestly, most of the people that I know uh, in and around Canada I, Canada, I just know because we chatted on Instagram. I just sent them a DM and we started talking and we started hanging out. That's how most things started. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, so I went to Canada on an exchange program with my university and uh, I was trying to do a little bit of prepping before then uh, just to make sure that I actually had people to meet up with. Uh, so I started DMing people that either I could find through hashtags or I could find through 
I don't know, groups or whatever, uh, and just started DMing tons of people saying like, hey, I'm coming to Calgary in a couple of months. Uh, we should definitely hang out and shoot when I'm, whenever I'm there. And next thing you know, you're driving in a car through Banff and you're meeting people at random places. Uh, you're covered in snow and you're having the greatest time of your life. Do you have a relationship with Becky and Chris? Because I know you guys... Um you mention them a lot they mention you a lot um do you know them personally i haven't met them personally uh but i've been in touch with them from pretty early on actually like well before they their youtube channel exploded uh i've always had a very uh similar i feel like design aesthetic as they do i mean i'm sitting in an office right now with black walls and that's 100 inspired by their previous apartment um So I guess because uh, because I liked what they were doing so much, I, I guess I always uh, felt that uh, that comfort or like that desire to engage with these people, even though you're online, you're thousands of miles away. Uh, I've always felt like oh, these people, like I relate to them. So I guess I don't know them personally, but uh, we've talked definitely a lot through, uh, well, media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love the gray wall thing i actually this summer i painted all my walls gray because or dark gray because i knew i didn't want to go full black because my rooms are kind of small and i didn't want to make them feel smaller but i went dark gray and it's just great because you can always just pull your camera out shoot a photo for sure yeah my studio right now it's tiny but it's I mean, it's doubled as a photo studio. I've got lights set up here. Uh, it's almost a tradition that anyone who comes in here uh, is getting their portrait taken uh, <laughs> because the black walls just look so good. And uh, to your point about like it making the room feel smaller, in my experience, it actually doesn't. It makes the room feel bigger, especially mm. at night, uh, because since there's no light reflecting off of those walls, uh, you kind of forget that they're there. And mm -hmm. you just kind of, you, you get to sink into whatever you're doing. You become more focused. Whereas with white walls, whenever light's reflecting off of those, uh, there's always a subconscious, well, feeling uh, where you notice them. Like you're aware that they're there. And because you're not seeing black walls uh, consciously all the time, uh, you can forget about them. And it actually, in my opinion, uh, just makes the room feel more spacious. So I'd say definitely paint all of your walls black because it looks fantastic. So when do you edit, um, like, what's your typical time of day? Do you edit at night? Do you edit in the morning? Uh, I edit whenever clients need photos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bit of a procrastinator, so uh, usually it's whenever I have a deadline coming up, I'll, I'll crank out edits. Um, but no, I don't really have a schedule or a pattern when it comes to that. I just edit whenever I feel like it because uh, I also want to enjoy it. And if I don't enjoy what I'm doing, Uh, it's, I find it very hard to motivate myself to actually sit down and, and crank out, well, edits or videos or, or whatever, <laughs> emails. So I don't have a fixed time of day that I've like, uh, you know, slotted in to be editing that time, but uh, I just go with the flow. Yeah, so I, I checked your, what was it? I was I was looking around at your website and stuff. Um, but I couldn't find out. Do you use LUTs or do you make your own LUTs? Just um, wondering because your colors are so great and all that. <laughs> wow, thank you so much. Uh, for my videos, I use my buddy Daniel Schiffer's LUTs. Um, and I also use Zach Kravitz's LUTs. I think those are pretty great. Um, 
for photos, I do everything myself. I've got my own presets and all that. But for video, I just use well the fruits of their hard labor because mm -hmm. they're much better at color grading than I am. So I'd say, uh, yeah, I'd endorse those too. <laughs> so every once in a while, you post a new video to your YouTube channel. Uh, what would you say <laughs> is your video creation process from start to finish? Um, I'd say sporadic because my last upload was in November 2018. So it's been a while. Uh, but I was working on one uh, this week, actually. Uh, so hopefully next week I'll have a new video on YouTube. I've, I've done uploads on IGTV uh, every now and then as well. Uh, but I guess my, my process is kind of same where I'll have an idea and I just have this desire to pump it out. Like I need to make it, otherwise it'll drive me insane. Um, and then it's just a matter of sitting down and, and talking to a camera. And that can be painstaking. That can be incredibly annoying when you don't get your lines right on the first try. Um, but to me, it's more of like a grind. Like I just have to get it done. Interesting. Yeah, I, I know I've heard that from a lot of people that make videos, um, I, especially uh, Mark Ben, who's in Toronto. Absolutely. Um, he told me about that on another episode. So, yeah, that's definitely a common thing. Um, but talking about photos, what do you enjoy most about photography? Oh, good one. Um, I'm guessing the process, honestly. I don't know if I can really uh, narrow it down to like a specific thing. Uh, I just enjoy going through the process and seeing whatever I came up with in my head uh, become a tangible thing. So I can be very, very satisfied when I, uh, for example, I'm doing client work. One of my clients is a coffee roaster um, and I have to supply them with like roughly three or four photos per week. Um, which means that whenever I'm brewing a cup of coffee, I'll probably be grabbing my camera and taking a photo at the same time. Um, and if a thought just pops into my head where I think like, oh, that could look really cool, um, I'll do my best to make that happen. And if it does, uh, that'll leave me very, very satisfied. So I'm guessing that's kind of the most rewarding thing for me when you go through the process and it ends up actually paying off. And I guess I just really enjoy visual media for some reason as well, because I'm sure you could have that with anything, uh, whether you're, I know if you're a magician and you're learning a trick or uh, you're a skateboarder and you're landing your first kickflip, uh, I think you can pretty much have the same thing. Um, but to me, it's about finding something where you enjoy the process of getting somewhere more so than about the end result. So with the analogy of like a skateboarder and those people, would you say that you're always striving to make a better photo, even if you're shooting the same thing over and over again? Um, I'm not sure if better is the word that I would use, but I'm definitely uh, striving to be, to make unique content. I don't like trying, like, I don't like repeating the same kinds of photos every now, every time. Um, especially when you're doing the same kind of photo uh, for weeks on end, for months at a time. Um, I'm always looking to creatively challenge myself. Uh, for example, I just uploaded a photo onto my client's social post uh, today where it was essentially the same concept that I'd done many times before, which is getting a photo of someone pouring water into uh, a Chemex. Hmm. But the way I went about it, uh, I was very deliberate in trying to make it different. So using a different focal length, 
um, being very conscious about the background and what people would get in focus, what way, what they would be seeing, what they wouldn't be seeing. Um, so I think, yeah, I feel like better isn't necessarily the right word, but something unique, uh, something different every time is definitely something I strive for. I don't always achieve it, um, but it's always something that I'm hoping to achieve. So you also host a Dutch podcast with your brother. Can you tell me more yeah. about that? Yeah, so that was a, a pretty interesting process how we got there. Um, it started with my brother, actually. So it's not just my brother and I. It's my brother, myself, and a friend of ours. And uh, my brother had this idea for the longest time where he wanted to have a podcast. He didn't know what it was going to be about per se, um, but he consumed hours and hours of them at the time. So he figured might as well uh, make my own. It's better to create than just consume, uh, I guess. And he just uh, pitched it to me like, hey, I want to do a podcast about something creative. Um, are you in? And I was like, absolutely, <laughs> I'm in. I have no idea what I'm getting myself into, but I'm, I'm all for it. And uh, we're just about to wrap up our second season, I think. So it's been going pretty well so far. Yeah. And we talk about well like i said anything creative so in the first season it was mainly the three of us and we were just rambling about whatever topics came to mind and then uh, with the second season we were having a lot more guests on because we were starting to see that if it's just the three of us we kind of tend to fall into the same pattern like we know what we're about to say uh before we say it we know we can anticipate each other uh we're resorting back to like the same jokes and that kind of takes away the, uh, or at least to us, that's less interesting. Mm. So what we're trying to do with these guests is also basically give a voice to people that you might not otherwise think of. Uh, so we're not just out there trying to get the most famous people or the most decorated people in their craft uh, because we feel like everyone has an interesting story to tell. Mm. Um, and with a lot of people, you might never know it by the looks of things. So if someone does something creative or something interesting that kind of sparks our interest, we would love to have them on and uh, listen to what they have to say. Because like we said, or like I said, everyone has a story to tell. Cool. So before we started recording, I mentioned your last name and you said there was a cool story behind it. <laughs> what exactly is the story? All right. So uh, if you drop the, my surname in the show notes, people can actually look at how it's spelled. Uh, and they'll, mm -hmm. you know what? I'll give them like 10 seconds to just scroll down and give it a try for themselves. Like I want to I wanna give them that opportunity before I tell them how it's actually pronounced. All right. They probably were stumbling over their tongues at this <laughs> point. So uh, my surname is pronounced Bell. Uh, like Thomas Bell or Taco Bell or what have you. Hmm. Uh, that's how it's pronounced because in the Dutch language, we've got this thing where if you put an E and an I together, it's pronounced like I. And if you put an I and a J together, it's Y. So we've got, we call that the short I and the long I. And uh, my surname has all three of those letters smashed together into a singular vowel. And while that's pronounced uh, as Bell, so it's still the same eh or I whatever uh, vowel, um, especially international people uh, don't know how to deal with that. So they'll say names like Bejo, Bejo, Benji, Beji. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just becomes a, uh, well, an interesting experience to hear them try and pronounce my name. 
Um, and then at one point, a friend of mine uh, said bagel because that made more sense. Uh, and the funny thing is, in the same week that he called me bagel for the first time is when I actually started working at a place called Bagels and Beans where we sold coffee and bagels. And from that <laughs> moment on, the nickname Aaron Bagel was born. So I've been going by that ever since. Well, last question. Do you have any advice for young or aspiring artists who want to do big things? Uh, I'm going to quote a very famous brand here called Nike. Just do it. There's honestly, in the world of uh, of creativity, whatever you do, if you're a photographer, if you're an artist, if you're a musician, doesn't matter wh what you are, your biggest obstacle is uh, yourself and your own limiting beliefs. Um, and the only way to really push through those is by doing things, making things happen, creating whatever you want to create uh, and working towards that future where you hope to see yourself. That's really the only thing you can do. There's no point in trying to worry about things around you. There's no point in trying to change things that you have no control over. But there's always one thing that you do have control over, which is your own thoughts, your own actions. And if you change those in a way where they contribute to your future, you will do great things. Well, thank you, Aaron, for coming on the show. Uh, as mentioned before, his Instagram and other contact info, website, stuff like that will be in the description. Uh, check that out if you're listening. And yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Dude, thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. It was great. All right. And end. Mm-hmm. <laughs>